I'm Will Baker, president of the Chesapeake Bay Foundation. Welcome to our continuing podcast series, Turning the Tide, Saving the Chesapeake Bay. I am really pleased to let you know that I'm here with three folks in Baltimore City who have been instrumental in a project that um, I think may be the beginning of something really new and really great in Baltimore City. And it's not that turning vacant lots into community assets that help the water quality of the harbor, help the community, is absolutely new. It's not. It is new for the Chesapeake Bay Foundation, but it's the beginning of something that is happening more and more across the country, and we're very proud to be a part of it. It's the brainchild of CBF staffer Terry Cummings, who in his usual humble self has said, let's have the community supporters and one of our interns who's worked on this project uh, be involved and engaged in this podcast. So Terry's here in the studio with us. We may call on you to help us out, but uh, basically we're going to let the other folks uh, do the talking. So joining me is Lene Jackson who is a homegrown Baltimore young woman. She's currently a student at the University of Baltimore, mm -hmm. has a class tonight. We, we may even see Lene take off for class. We do not want you to be late for class, Lene. So you're not getting a hall pass from me. <laughs> All right. <laughs> and we have uh, Donald uh, Covington and Meldon Dickens. Dickens. Uh, Meldon is a community organizer. He does so many things. He's a pastor in his own church, but he's been working with the Coppin Heights Community Development Group and has been instrumental in supporting and being involved in this project. And Donald Covington, uh, you've been involved in so many things over the years. You got involved very early on uh, with this project as well. And uh, have been a huge asset, and I know you're heavily involved with the Holy Trinity Episcopal Church here in Baltimore as well. So, Lene, I want to turn to you first. You're you're the future, and um, <laughs> I, I I even understand that you you might have aspirations to be uh, 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 in political office at some point. So, what a great opportunity to be involved in a great project, and I'm putting you on the spot. Tell us what is out there on Riggs Avenue, turning a vacant lot into Lene. Take it away. <laughs> well, this lot is really something. Um, it's beautiful. It was such a pleasure to actually see the lot go through its transformation, just from an idea into like, you know, a real live example of what can transpire in the city when you have people with a lot of heart and a lot of vigor and a lot of aspirations to do something great for the environment and for the community. So the basics, we have almost an acre and it's now planted with native trees and vegetation. So when you look at that, what did you see before and what do you see now? Well, what I saw before was what I see pretty commonly in the city, like every day on a lot of different streets in my neighborhood which is a vacant or abandoned lot or parcel that doesn't have a dwelling or has a dilapidated dwelling. But, um, 
you know, actually when I saw it, because of the fact that I'm in this field um, and I work for a farm and I've worked for other environmentally based nonprofits in Baltimore, I saw potential. I saw something that we could work with and, you know, something that people have worked with before, turning nothing into something and now it has really great value. Turning nothing into something. I love it. <laughs> that is exciting. You know, they say, what's the old proverb? A journey of a thousand miles starts with the first step. Well, this is the start of something really good and really big. Pastor Meldon Dickens. And you said, call me Meldon. I appreciate that. That's fine, yes. What, what draw you, drew you to this project? And, and what are your dreams about it? Well, I guess I really, to be honest, what drew me was Terry Cummings. I have to be honest. Um, I guess he's up for a raise. Yeah. Okay. Um, Attaboy, got my check. Yeah. Um, but, but, you know, looking at um, communities like Baltimore, um, it, it, we've been noticing that there's not been a lot of development. Um, sort of like what Lene said, you know, there's empty parcels of lots. And um, so when he came to me, it was to me a no-brainer to do something like this. Um, and what excited me about it was more the, the collaboration part where we could get the community involved, we could get um, you know the church involved, we could get the neighborhood association involved, um, other sort of stakeholders to come together and sort of um, invest. Um, even if it's just, you know, maybe some sweat equity, but at least they're investing something in the community. So that's really what excited me about it. And uh, the fact that it's going to be reduced runoff. It's going to it's going to help the environment. And it's going to be pretty. So, I mean, I mean that's, you know, it, that's pretty, um, that's like a slam dunk in my book. So. As good as it gets. Yes, yes, absolutely. Now, just for our listeners, Terry Cummings is the Chesapeake Bay Foundation's full-time staff person here in Baltimore, working on a variety of issues. But, uh, Meldon, where and how did you and Terry first meet? I think it was a community meeting. Or no, 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 no. Terry came to me. Actually, he called me. He called me. Terry called me. Um, actually, it was about this project. He was trying to... Um, I remember now he was trying to connect I think I got a phone call from Terry and he was trying to connect with some uh, community he was trying to because they had this uh, program that was going on uh, the city had a program where you could get some resources to do these kinds of projects and uh, he had been pulling his hair out I think and not been able to really get anybody to move and then when he contacted me and we met uh, it was it was very, I think, uh, hate to say it, but I'll put a pastoral plug in there. I think it was kind of godly um, ordained because all of the partners sort of just pretty much were in place, um, particularly with Don Covington and the Holy Trinity Church, which was a big partner. They're right on the border almost of where the project's taking place. So that's how we actually met. I, Divine intervention. Yes, sir. We'll take it. Yes, sir. Absolutely, yes, it we'll take it. And it everybody's looking over at you, Donald. You must have been part of this uh, early union as well. Well, yeah, yeah. They, they came to me. Uh, our church is just two blocks away from the lot. And they came to me uh, as part of the church and as part of the neighborhood association because 
the Native Association is also involved, and I'm a member of that association. Um, and when it came to me, um, uh, I was extremely excited. You know, I took it to my rector, and he, he became excited as well. Uh, so we moved, moved along on that. Uh, and um, uh, the Episcopal churches in, in Baltimore City uh, are involved in the community uh, very much so. And the Holy Trinity is, is, is also involved in the community. And this project helps bring community together. Um, so uh, again, we're excited about that. And um, right now, the lot looks great. And uh, according to Terry, it's going to look even better come this spring. So we're looking forward Amen. to that. Amen. So I, I believe, Donald, you and Bishop Eugene Sutton, who is a member of our board, I believe you and Bishop Sutton are close, and you got Bishop Sutton uh, well, educated and involved a little bit. Is yeah, yeah. Well, I, I contacted him. Um, now we, we're just as close as any other any other uh, member of our congregation. Uh, but uh, I got in touch with him, and he was very excited about this as well. Um, the fact that he's on your board is an indication that he's he's uh, cares about the environment. He's a great fellow. Uh, yes, he is. Yes, he is, and he cares about our community, uh, particularly our urban churches. Uh, our, he has an initiative going on right now where uh, he's challenging us to uh, get more connected with our communities, and uh, this project is one way we can do that. Um, uh, the benefits of this project are enormous, and one of which is to get that community together. Um, regular basis. Let me come back to Lene. Mm -hmm. I saw that you had worked for and been involved with Parks and People <laughs> for many years. Great organization. Yeah. How'd you get, how'd you, you're, you're a Baltimore City native, grew up in the city, mm -hmm. and ha, how did you start, get started working on environmental and conservation issues? Yeah, so um, how I met up with all the great people at Parks and People was I had an internship through YouthWorks, which is a really big program employing the youth in Baltimore City. And um, I had someone who works as a, um, like a museum kind of curator at the Gwens Falls Mansion, which is called like Orianda or Crimea Mansion up there in the Gwens Falls Park. And he said like, what do you want to do with yourself? Like, you know, what do you like to do? And I was like, well, I enjoy riding through this this back way, which some well, it's an, it's a street we call the back road. Yeah, I used to go through there with my grandmother, and I didn't really know that this space was an example of like a great greenway or the greatest, the biggest green space in Baltimore City. Like I didn't know it as that, but once I met up with this guy and you know, like the Gwens, the friends of Gwens Falls, like they do tours all the time, they do trail walks and stuff. It really just got me to appreciating what was around me. And um, he kind of connected me with someone who worked there and they were like, well, you can pick up a job with us or opportunity with us through um, YouthWorks. And I started out in a different program, but I kept seeing people come in dirty. <laughs> I kept seeing people come in laughing and stuff like that. And I was like, I want to do that too. Like, and I enjoyed it so much, so much. Like just bonding with people and teaching little kids and bonding with kids and just learning how everything is interconnected on this subject. 
So all of you I've heard talking about the community. Mm-hmm. Melton, back to you maybe. What, and, and, and Donald, you jump into Is strong community support in the neighborhood out on Riggs Avenue for this project? Yes, by all means. Yes, yes I, would, I would agree. Yeah, yeah. As a matter of fact, uh, when they had a groundbreaking ceremony, uh, we had a nice turnout from the community. Uh, and um, it's, a, it's an agenda item on Neighbor Association meeting every month. Uh, they're discussing this. Uh, they're making plans to come up with some type of maintenance plan. Uh, so, yeah, they are very excited about this. Yep. Well, yeah, I think one, one of the things, and I'm looking sort of down the road, is I think this is, will become a community asset. And we can use this type of project um, going forward to make community assets. I don't think we have as many. We've lost some of our community assets in terms of parks and um, places, um, you know, just through, you know, the changing of the times and development and sometimes things are pushed out or old buildings torn down that have some historical value. So although I know there is some, some, some emphasis back on that, but I think that's going to be sort of like a community asset, like a place um, that the community will own. And so you, you, you have so many different parties. You have the school, the elementary school, which is on board. You have, as uh, Donald said, the, the Holy Trinity Church, the Neighborhood Association. You have our organization, Copper Heights Community Development, which works with a whole bunch of neighborhood associations. And obviously, Chesapeake, hey, you, you guys are involved. Um, so it's so many different partners, in, and I think it's just going to be an investment that people come back and take some pride in um, because they'll have a stake in it. I remember when it started. I remember when we planted that tree or when we put those group of flowers in. So I just think... Um, you're, you're, you're a pastor. Yes, I am. You think about the big picture. You think about things out in the future. There are thousands of vacant lots around the city. Can this be a model? Can this be something that starts a movement across this city? I believe absolutely, and I, I want to be part of it. I think it can. I think there are lots all over the place. I know, <clears throat> not you know, for Coppin Heights, we have a group of pastors that we work with. Actually, Holy Trinity is a part of it um, to try to support community development work. And I look at a lot of these uh, urban churches. They have acquired property. Sometimes they end up being lots. And what do you do with a lot? Um, you know, it's easy just to put a parking lot in because obviously in the city it's hard to have space, but everybody necessarily need a parking lot. Parking lots don't help us. Um, so this could be, to me, something that we could do, um, that we could sort of go around and say, hey, look, this is what we did on Riggs Avenue. You had community participation, uh, which I think that's a win-win for even churches because now they get to connect with the community the way they had before. Um, now the church sees the uh, the community sees the church in a different light, and now you have all the other stakeholders, some of the you know biohabitats, some of the different people that come in and do the work, and so it's just a um, just a big way of us uh, connecting and having a common asset. This earth we have, uh, it's only one, <laughs> and um, that's something we all have in common, no matter where we live or what we're doing in a particular neighborhood. So I believe that this is going to be um, I'm going to try that. Um, to make this a model and uh, to kind of take this around and show it. Uh, I know I will in my network uh, of clergy and, and, and because I just think it's um, it's much needed. And, uh, you know, you think about um, 
I don't want to jump to New York, but you think about pretty much anywhere in New York, you can kind of access Central Park. When you think about Central Park and what that is, and I know there's some bad things you hear about Central Park because some of the crime that is taking place in or and around it, but it's a great green space right in the middle of <laughs> this, you know, once once thought of as this sort of smog-infested city. I mean, so I think about things like that. You can have smaller versions of that, obviously, uh, we won't have this, the mileage and the, the square footage of Central Park, but you have small versions of this community space um, that has been invested in by many stakeholders in the community that will be an asset. You just mentioned green, and Lene, green spaces in the city, what does that mean to you growing up in the city, and do you see a connection between green spaces and the water quality in the harbor and beyond? Yeah, I see a great connection between green spaces and water quality because I know that green spaces actually improve water quality by having these trees soak up a lot of the water and having these lots filtrate a lot of the water before it gets to the bay. Um, it really reduces a lot of runoff, which would otherwise occur if we didn't have green spaces and Quite frankly, I think we need a lot more of them. Um, it's so much pollution around, um, you know, and it's like tragedy at commons, kind of like so many people using this resource and it's being used up, even if it's water. Like people think it's an endless amount of stream, and it's not. Like these streams are being polluted, and the Chesapeake Bay, you know, is being degraded by some of our actions. And when you replace what you've damaged it it does make a little bit of an impact creating more green space you around the city. not only have a career in politics you could be a university <laughs> professor teaching <laughs> in ecology the tragedy the commons the connect that's impressive Donald, <laughs> what do you see as the natural extension if if this works what what is it going to take in this city to make this the beginning of something much bigger well, uh, what will it take? Well, uh, first of all, it will take this to be a success, and I think it will be a success. It'll be a nice model. What's left? What What's needed now to make it a success? How far along are we? How much is left to be done? Well, uh, there are trees planted now. There are uh, other shrubs. Uh, come spring, is going to be planting uh, flowers. Uh, as a matter of fact, uh, uh, James Mojo Elementary School, which is just, just a block away, uh, has an environmental club, uh, and that environmental club will, will be planting their own vegetables and flower beds there. They have, matter of fact, there's a raised type flower bed dedicated to them. So they be using that as well. And that could be a model for other elementary schools in, in, in the general neighborhood. Um, so people can come around and, and, and just, just, just admire what has been done there. And uh, that would give them the impetus to go out and, and uh, try to get their own, own uh, lots beautified. This is almost an acre lot. So I'm convinced, you guys have convinced me that this is going to be a great success. What do we all need to do to be the model that leads to more and more going forward and to get the elected officials to say this is the important thing for Baltimore? Well, we need our community to, to, uh, to really do a good job in, in uh, keeping that lot maintained uh, and, um, and uh, continue to beautify it. Um, you know, Terry and, and uh, the other contractors are uh, doing a good job and uh, giving the foundation, but it's up to the community to keep it going. And I think they will. I think they will. 
and uh, that, that should expand to other neighborhoods as well. Anybody have a, uh, an idea of what sort of money this took to get it started? Well, uh, what, what a contest, and in that contest, I think we awarded $65,000? $56,000. When you A relative drop in the bucket when you think of how much government spends overall. Absolutely. And the multiplier effect of all the community support, the volunteers, the different organizations involved is really what's going to make this such a great success. Lene, we're going to get you out the door and off to school. <laughs> Anything else you'd like to tell us? Well, I'd like to thank Terry for his great leadership and Meldon and Donald for their help and leadership in this project as well. And I feel like if people of this caliber with their concern keep coming together to make things like this happen, then it won't be such an oddity anymore. It won't be such a rare thing. It'll just, it'll be common. It'll be usual. People will care. <laughs> and it'll just, it'll be greener. We'll reach our goals for um, the tree canopy in Baltimore City. We might reach some uh, TMDL uh, levels. Oh, now you're throwing around <laughs> technical terms. What's a TMDL? Well, total maximum daily load of nutrients and things like that um, that are too excessive in the Bay. So uh, just more sustainable, we will become a more sustainable city when people like-minded like these three come together and make it happen. One of the things the mayor's very interested in is bringing new residents, new families into the city, mm -hmm. and also not losing people. Yeah. You're about to get out of college. You could go probably anywhere in this country. Are you going to stick around Baltimore? That's one of my main things I always stuck to as a child, that I wanted to stay in Baltimore and just watch it get better. I have no, it's like I want to lurk I want to work in local government. Um, one of my biggest aspirations as a child was to work for Chesapeake Bay Foundation. <laughs> I love it. And okay. so, you know, I did so much, like, research for homework and stuff like that, and you guys really led the way in my, in my book and, you know, from All my right, perspective. All right, listeners, I didn't tell her she's a <laughs> I think she's a good, elect, a good politician. <laughs> I guess I give her a contract. Oh, I'm so serious. <laughs> like, I really, really love the work that you guys have done, and it's been a blessing that you have come to Baltimore, you know? So... One last question, Lene. How, um, how pervasive in uh, other students, members of your generation, do you think the feelings you have are in a city like this? Do we have a lot more work to do or are you optimistic that there are a lot of people behind you just waiting to come along if they're given the opportunity? I think that there's a lot more people like myself waiting to come along if given the opportunity. Um, a lot of people that I see that just work in landscape um, in these little nonprofit organizations, they're like, how can I get a long-term job in this field? Um, kids, even just my neighbors and their children are like, how can I help you clean up the street and things like that? Like, people want to be in this field, and I think people want to see more opportunities open up in things like what I'm doing. 
So. Thank you. Yeah. Melden, a big part of this project, and Donald, you too, seems to be the faith community. Bringing together the faith community with um, those who are interested in improving air quality, water quality, the natural experience in the city. Talk a little bit, I'm gonna ask Donald to chime in as well. Talk a little bit about the faith connection. I think it's, um, it's very important. I think it's important, um, you, you touched on it. I, I don't wanna go too deep into the political aspects, but I think it's, it's important in terms of influence that the faith community can have on um, you know perhaps the mayor or governor whomever it may put more money in the budget for these type of projects i believe this um, uh, project was a, a award a grant we won a contest that was issued by the mayor so um, that if that could be available um, so i think the faith-based community will play a role in that but i also think um, in terms of relationships uh, most all of people all of us have some sort of connection to some sort of faith-based institution, whether it you know be a church, a mosque, synagogue, and um, and I think you know those are places um, where um, you have a gathering of people. So there's a, a multiple cross section of all kinds of relationships, all kinds of interests. But I think, uh, in particular, um, you know, no matter where we live, you know, urban areas tend to be important. Either we live in a suburban area or we come into the city for maybe entertainment or the, the, to take out check out the museums. And I just think it would also be good though that you know you have these built up areas um, um, that you know maybe we don't have developers with a billion dollars that want to come put a condo in or put a new school in or put you know, a whole bunch of new uh, uh, single family homes in. But hey, we can at a fraction, which is a real fraction of that cost, beautify some of these lots and the, the neighborhoods don't look as blighted. I think, um, you know, even particularly what, what we witnessed in our city won't happen because people may get feel better about their neighborhood because it looks better. Um, and not only that, again, it's, it's, it's better for uh, the environment because of, you know, what, um, you know, all these kind of lots will do in terms of greening and a reducing runoff. So I just think it's, a, it's important in that we are relating that way and we're not disconnected. And you know that 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 greening and that <clears throat> beautifying and that making more attractive, that may also attract some of those development, those big money development interests you as you were talking about as right, well too. Right, so, right. Donald, anything to add on that? Well, just let me say historically, uh, the faith-based community has had much influence politically, uh, and I, I think I think that's going on now. Uh, so so uh, it will go, go a long way in um, getting other these other lots done as well. Um, also, the churches are in the community. Uh, although the congregation members may not be living in the community, the churches in the community, and and, and uh, they are a large part of uh, community issues. So uh, it's important that they get involved uh, with everything that's going on in the community. Uh, I I don't live in the community, but I come here quite often uh, because I'm I grew up in the in the community where a lot resides. And I still come around, I go to church here, still have friends down here, so I visit here quite often. So I'm concerned about this. Other folks who live outside that community come back as well. Uh, so it's important that the church, get, the church, all the churches get involved in uh, all these issues. Um, we have, um, the Episcopal Church has about 15 
urban churches, and um, they know about this project. And I think Bishop Sutton is going to encourage them to seek out projects like this um, and get involved. So uh, yes, the church is important. And as, as Donald said, the church, the mosques, the synagogues, all faiths, uh, can all of us can be involved in it. I just want to, um, I'd be remiss if I didn't mention some of the other partners who've been involved. Certainly our contractor first impressions, biohabitats, uh, the engineering firm, civic works for the installation works, WGL Energy who provided the trees and other vegetation. And as we've talked about repeatedly, none of this would have been possible without the city's growing green initiative. So last question, gentlemen and Lanai. Um, will the next administration in Baltimore be as supportive and how can we ensure that it will? Lanai? I just feel like we have to make a lot more noise about what's going on in this side of town. Um, it really needs a lot of improvement. And as long as people are given the chance to speak up and say that, you know, they want to improve the quality of life on our side of town and they want to improve this, just the standards of living and, you know, the streets and everything like that, then people will come and help the cause. And when you say our side of town, you're talking about the west side of town in Baltimore, yes. Maryland. <laughs> we have listeners all over the Bay Watershed and oh, maybe so even beyond. This is just an example of what can happen anywhere. And in any city, in any community, you can be inspired by the three people here today to take action to make your part of this little planet we call Earth something better. Melton, anything to add about next administration and I, I keeping think, the movement going? Yeah, get on their radar now. I think, um, you know, we, we, we probably need to come back to the table, I think, with a lot of those stakeholders that um, were mentioned and say, hey, what do you think? And say, maybe we present this, this whole project to say, hey, can you put some more funding into this? Um, we would have, again, you know, uh, various... Um, different stakeholders from different backgrounds. So you have actual community residents, you have people who worship there, people who work there. Um, students can come say, hey, we want this, um, uh, you know, we, we will want some funding for this. We like this project. And so um, I'd be willing to go sit down uh, and try to get that meeting uh, with him or her or with the candidates as a I don't know we're gearing up for that next year, but I think we should be trying to get on their radar now and put sort of our agenda out there. Every other uh, quasi-political group is doing that, and so that might be a direction we need to move in. Well, like Lene said, make some noise. Absolutely. Squeaky wheel gets the yeah. grease. Maybe we Absolutely. get the city council and all the mayoral candidates out there one time or another. Donald, last word is yours. And uh, when we go to the table, we use this project as, as a sample as a success, accessible sample. And I'll also get some of the neighborhood, neighborhood uh, uh, personnel involved, get them to testify the benefits of this project so it can be spread out throughout the city. Because I, I, if they understand uh, what it means to the community, I think that will go a long way in, in determining whether they can uh, allow us funds. Seems like an elected official should be mighty pleased with something that makes his or her constituents happy. Absolutely. Well, 
Thank you all very, very much. Uh, on behalf of the Chesapeake Bay Foundation, we are just so grateful for what each of you have contributed to this project, and we're counting on you to keep the dream alive that this can only be the beginning of something much bigger and much more exciting throughout the city of Baltimore. And then once we get it done here, it'll go all over the country. So totally agree. Yeah, say what did you say, Lenai? I said I totally agree. <laughs> <laughs> totally agree. I love it. Okay. So Will Baker, Chesapeake Bay Foundation, thank you so much. And please feel free and we would encourage you to go on to our website, cbf.org. Uh, you can sign up to get these podcasts on a regular basis, read past ones, and of course, look at a wealth of other information. So thank you very much.